Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. I am your host, David, and we also have... Me, Joseph. I'm here, too. <laughs> yeah. James, unfortunately, couldn't join us. He had other prying issues. Yeah, uh, he had to work so that he could save up money for all the Baby Yoda merch that is <laughs> <laughs> about to come out. Man, Baby Yoda. Taking, what can I say? Taking the internet by storm. Taking the internet, taking the world, taking the country, yeah. taking the universe, taking the galaxy all by storm. So many memes. Yeah, there are a ton <laughs> of memes. That just kind of shows how popular Baby Yoda is. Oh, yeah. And there was a report that came out initially that said there was going to be no Baby Yoda merchandise because John Favreau got with Disney and said, hey, yeah. look, we need to keep this a secret. And they did it. But then a report came out shortly after stating that we are going to get a ton of Baby Yoda merchandise. And there was links that came out for shirts on Amazon. That was the first mm-hmm. stuff to pop up. But if you click on those links, they're broken. So no apparently, argument. yeah, apparently I think... Pretty, they're not saying specifically what date, but they said pretty soon we're going to be able to go to Target and other retail stores and buy Baby Yoda stuff. But the question is, how are they going to market Baby Yoda? Are they going to call it the child? I mean, what what are they? The child, or what's the other one? The uh, the the asset, the asset. Yes, yeah. thank you. That'd be kind of weird. The asset. I want asset merchandise. (laughs) I actually, I kind of think. I'm going to wait to get any Baby Yoda merch until Celebration. Because you know the best stuff's going to be at Celebration. Oh, yeah. Everything's going to be at Celebration. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been a while since we've done a podcast together. But Chapters 1, Chapter 2, The Child, and Chapter 3, The Sin debuted. Yeah. And, James and for me personally, I don't know if you heard James's podcast. But for me, I think they're perfect. Yeah. It's exactly what I wanted. It feels so much like the original trilogy. It feels like... Older fans like myself have been waiting for something like this to come out. And Favreau, Filoni, Deborah Chow, Rick Famuyiwa totally delivered and gave us stuff that, kind of like what JJ said about episode writing episode episode 7, what delights us. It totally delighted me (laughs) seeing the Jawas. We talked about it before the podcast. It was awesome. Disintegrations. Yes. Uh, I mean, the armor, the the multiple Mandalorians. Because initially, I think we all thought it was just going to be the a lone gunfighter because yeah. that's what it was billed as. But they have the Mandalorian enclave. I guess this is quasi-spoilers for... Well, I mean, they're in episode one. The, yeah, the yeah. So. But I mean, the people overseas that don't have access, even though it yeah. seems like... All my friends overseas are watching <laughs> have it. Figured out ways to get. Yeah, I mean, of it. So, I mean, some of the people overseas have do come to the states to go to yeah. countries that have it, so they have credit card accounts and banking accounts, so they can easily just figure it out. Set up way. the account yeah. that way and pay for Disney Plus. <laughs> and I think the strategy was don't roll it out to too many countries because 
they want to see what type of load the servers oh, yeah. can initially take. But it's like it's Disney; they got lots of money. They got well, all aren't the magic they? in the world. Yeah. yeah. So well, and it's uh, Disney Plus is just fantastic. I love it so much. Um, and yeah, we were talking about the Jawas. It was uh, Matt, I think, last week was talking mm-hmm. about how he hated the Jawas. And stuff. <laughs> oh, I had the total opposite yes. reaction to the Jawas. I, I was like, I was absolutely in love with everything they were doing yeah. <laughs> it's like dude these the, it just shows how much of a unit they are how like actually ferocious they are yeah. like they they're they're just adorable little monsters it, it was great i i love the jawa stuff it was fantastic to me yeah they're just their own little culture with their own language and it seems like jawas get off that planet and the toys when force friday hit uh-huh. it said the the toy the black series was off world Jawa mm-hmm. and then we were all kind of wondering was that tattooing that they're on and, and then it came out on StarWars.com that it was Arvala Seven yeah and the Jawas do look slightly different from the Jawas that we saw yeah, in Episode eyes are Four color, right? their eyes are red and their cloaks are like little grayish oh yeah I guess they are yeah so it, yeah it, it was it was awesome to see that but it's a universal like happiness that I think Star Wars fans have about the Mandalorian. Oh yeah. And I think Favreau mission accomplished so far. It's been Yeah, episode three, three episodes in. Episode 3 was a roller coaster, man, like yeah. up and down emotion-wise and action-wise and you know, we're not going into spoilers or anything right now, but <laughs> but if you're listening to this you've probably seen it if you're listening to us you've seen chapter three holy smokes if you haven't like you know it's been out for three days now because this is monday you you need to go watch it as soon as possible unless you live in like i think pretty much every star wars fan is watching day of day like yeah day of when each chapter comes out because it's like when i wake up in the morning on fridays <laughs> the first thing i do is grab my phone and i watch the the show in bed do we know what before time, I do anything. what time it gets released yet i think it's 3 a.m our time central. so it's central time central 3 a.m and then it's it's midnight pacific oh that makes a lot of sense so in la they get it right at midnight yeah because uh, the the last two episodes, the first time I've watched them, yes, I've watched almost all of them multiple times. Yeah. Uh, I watched them at work on my breaks the first time <laughs> through, so it's like I had to pace myself on them because I was like, I can't not watch this, but I need to now. So <laughs> so what is your opinion on the length? They're about 30, 40 minutes long. So a lot of, I, I see a lot of hate on the length yeah. on online, and I get where they're coming from, but I actually... I actually kind of like the length personally, mm-hmm. um, especially like this last episode. Straight up felt like Dave Filoni doing Clone Wars or uh, Rebels. It just it had that feel. It had that serial feel to it um, that I think you know, you know, as a kid from like the late '80s, early '90s, you'd wake up on Saturday morning and watch mm-hmm. your cartoons, and you wouldn't get 40 episodes of X Men in a row. You would get one 20 minute X X-Men episode with a bunch of commercials in the middle of it mm-hmm. um, week to week to week. And it, it really, you know, it's nostalgia on so many different levels, mm-hmm. not just, you know, throwing back to episode four and throwing back to, you know, the things that make star Wars, what it is. It's also, you know, you wake up, you, you said first thing you do Friday morning is you watch that new episode. You probably grab a bowl of cereal and you're just sitting like a little kid watching Ninja Turtles again. <laughs> it's it's great. I, I actually really enjoy the length. Um, yeah, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure I'm willing to bet like episode six, seven and eight of The Mandalorian are not going to be 30 minutes long. I would I would venture to guess that episode eight will probably be at least an hour. 
Yeah, you you would figure they would have like a like a season finale that was about an hour long, and, right? And put like a chunk of their budget towards it, right? A big chunk of the budget towards it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but it's been it's been phenomenal so far. Yeah, and it was impressive how they kept the fact that it was a Yoda species baby right. from essentially the whole world. I think a couple people kind of found out, but they didn't spoil it right before it premiered. But John Favreau did show us a picture of the concept of the baby, and it looks essentially like yeah, it's basically w- what we got in the show, except for what it's kind of wearing. It looks like it has like a little Velcro. What do you mean this picture here? <laughs> <laughs> Joseph just showed me his. I've got his, an Apple Watch. Yeah, his Apple Watch. It's one of the backgrounds that I have. Yeah, is the concept art for Baby Yoda. Yeah, and it, I mean it's it, it's remarkable. I mean, it took me by surprise when they showed that baby. I we kind of knew it was a baby because of like rumors and stuff, right? But for it to be that species, and we've. All along, we've been told George Lucas wants to keep it secret, the species. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep Yoda kind of a mystery. But there were reports, I want to say almost like years ago, that they were thinking about a Yoda movie and a Yoda Origins movie. It's always been a rumor, though. Like I think it's something that the fans want, maybe even mm-hmm. need to see at this point. But it's Now it's more on the table. <laughs> right. But it's it's always been something in the back of everybody's mind. It's like, yeah. what does a kid Yoda look like? And surprisingly, yeah. almost exactly the same, just about a half a foot yeah. shorter. And there's tons of fan art out there. Oh, yeah. And there's fan art of Yoda even being like a Sith as well. Yeah. And that looks kind of rad. I love all the memes with baby Yoda looking up at... Uh, at the Mandalorian, and it's like waiting at in line at uh, the thing while my mom orders my happy meal yeah. and stuff like that. Those crack me up. Waiting for the waitress to finish her speech so I can order my chicken tendies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those are all fantastic. Yeah, man, it's it's. I mean, it's just a overwhelming success critically. The fans love it. I think way more than what the critics are saying, and it it seems. I I think I saw a report saying that the Mandalorian is currently the third most popular streaming show behind like Stranger Things and I think it's like Teen Titans or something oh, really? which like I had the... no idea that that was that popular. I didn't think it was that popular either. Yeah. I would guess cuz nobody talks about the Teen Titans show really. Yeah, no one we talk to I don't think. <laughs> I, I haven't heard any buzz, I but I think anybody with the the with, that's just on the Warner Brothers one, right? Or is it the DC one? I think it's the DC There's streaming. I think there DC is something. One, yeah. yeah. I have no idea, but there was a, a Mandalorian live stream. I don't know if you caught this, but there was a premiere right after the world had seen Chapter One. Yeah, they they actually featured the premiere on Star Wars show uh, this week. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely did. But I waited. I stayed up to watch it, and they brought on stage at the El Capitan Theater, mm-hmm. which I think Disney actually owns. That sounds John good. Favreau, uh, Dave Filoni. Uh, Pedro Pascal, um, Gina Carano, yeah. uh, Werner Herzog, yeah. and then they brought them the directors as well: Rick Famuyiwa, um, Bryce Dallas Howard, Deborah Chow. Was Taika Waititi there? No, he was missing. But uh, Ash Crossan was up there, and she kind of gave um, asked some questions, mm-hmm. and um, it was pretty cool to see them. Kind of like it was. They they had already seen the the great response that right, right, right. Chapter One had gotten, so it was more like a party more than them being oh, kind of yeah. like, okay, how is this going to be received? And it was it was interesting when when 
Dave Filoni was up there and they passed the the mic to Bryce Dallas Howard, how she talked about how Dave Filoni is like George Lucas's de facto He's the successor. Son. Yeah, yeah, he's a successor. And yeah, it was very interesting to hear someone out kind of outside of Lucasfilm, even though, I mean, she's Ron Howard's daughter right. and has been around Lucasfilm because he did Willow and, of yeah. course, he did Solo. But she's been around and it was it was very kind of poignant and to see Dave Filoni's reaction, it was like, man, he's getting emotional here. Yeah, well, like it's... it's the amount of praise that is just being heaped upon this guy, yeah. You know, you know, I I enjoyed the Clone Wars. I did, I can't say I loved it as as much as like Colin and Matt did, um, but I enjoyed it. It the last couple seasons are fantastic. They are wonderful storytelling, um, and then I am a diehard Rebels fan. Star Wars Rebels is my jam. So I've been singing the praises of Filoni since whenever Clone Wars came out, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really cool to see somebody that you've been watching for the better part of a decade at this point, right? Just hit that phenomenal level and and really get the praise that he deserves. Um, he's and he's such a smart ass, really. Like He, <laughs> he always is so coy with his answers and things like that. And yeah. it's it's fantastic just to see the amount of success and the amount of praises he's been getting from people you know for his star wars knowledge but also for his storytelling knowledge and mm-hmm. the fact that he knows hey i've got 30 minutes to tell the story i know exactly where the beats need to hit in order for it to have the highest amount of impact i like the story that gina carano tells that she was on set and she was asking people questions and there's this guy with this cowboy hat that or baseball hat <laughs> yeah. she would see and she just started talking to him and she didn't really know who he was at first mm-hmm. And he was answering all of her questions, and after a while, she's like, "Oh, okay, Dave Filoni. Okay, yeah, you're you're at, you actually know what you're talking about. You're a rock star. Yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna go to you all the time." And they all talk about how they really weren't aware of Dave Filoni. Yeah, and I think a lot of people outside of like us hardcores right. don't really know who he is. But it's like once you get to Star Wars, once you become a big fan, you find out that he is like a huge he's, he's person a huge name Lucas. yeah yeah and it's 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 so incredible to see the whole evolution of what is taking place here and i think it's what we've all been we all were hoping for the anticipating really. yeah to yeah. see to see the mandalorian be the hit that it is so i'm just excited i to me it's the Mandalorian chapter one through three, it's, it's been perfect for me. And it's it, and the, still talking about Dave Filoni. Every time I see produced by John Favreau and mm-hmm. Dave Filoni, I get I get happy every single time for him yeah. because, you know, I watched at Celebration. I think I went to two panels that he was on: uh, the Clone Wars uh, Returns one, and then the Rebels uh, Remembered one. And you know, he was just. A genuine dude loves Star Wars. Doesn't want to give too much away because he knows the anticipation is there. Ah, so it's just exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. So a new spot for the Rise of Skywalker drops. Yeah. I think a couple of new spots, and uh, we got to see some footage of some certain things. We could talk about it, right? Because yeah, I mean, it's, it's a commercial on the internet. Yeah. So I know I think James is avoiding stuff. <laughs> so James, if you don't want to. <laughs> So James, yeah, trailers, skip, skip forward ahead. like five minutes or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, and he's the one editing this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we got shots of the Knights of Ren mm-hmm. on like a, a plateau. Yeah. And they're just like, like standing around. And then we got shots of the Sith Troopers. 
yeah, kind of like in finally. action. Yeah, finally. Which is kind of odd. It's like, how much of Sith Trooper action are we actually going to see in this film? Well, it's also wild to me, too, because that was the first real thing, thing that yeah. they showed from the yeah. rise of skywalker so for the fact for us not to have seen them in action in any of the trailers up until you know a couple of weeks before the movie comes right, out yeah it's wild yeah we're less than a month away I yeah mean, it's wow it's that's, exciting that's it's crazy good. yeah i mean yeah my personal journey from 2015 till now it's like wow it it went by in a in a blink mm-hmm but yeah, that, there was. Uh, so you saw the shot where it was that Empire picture of Kylo yeah. Ren getting like pushed back. There was like wind blowing like troopers, and it it appears that it's the Falcon yeah. like spinning around, then like kind of escaping, and then we see Daisy Ridley jumping for do it. a Leia like yeah. force maneuver in space. Well, and I think Ray, uh, not Ray, Finn is on the yes. on the ramp holding his hand out to catch right. Him. So how does that work? I mean, it looks like he's in space. I have a feeling it's just really dark wherever they are, <laughs> <laughs> because both her and uh, you know Kylo are out there right. in in whatever this darkness is. So okay, but yeah, the Ray is going to do a lot of time jumping from one thing to another in this movie because <laughs> that's what three shots now that we have of her. Yes. You know, jumping that gorge, jumping from the metal to the other metal in the Death Star, and now jumping from one gorge to the ramp of the Falcon. So it's it's crazy, man. Yeah, they've showed us some really rad shots of Daisy in action. Hopefully we get to see more action continued on from what we've seen so far. Right. And uh, I just I just think sometimes back to the episode three marketing where they show Anakin and Obi Wan swinging yeah. and then they clash sabers and that was like the only thing that happened in that sequence. Yeah. Then they're off of those those like vines basically on Mustafar yeah. and it's like well, I thought I was gonna get like a whole like action sequence here, but I, I think we'll get a little bit more. Oh yeah, at least um, I would assume so. So Kathleen Kennedy did a interview did like a Q&A thing with Rolling Stone magazine I don't oh, know I haven't read this no no okay so it was during a deep dive with Rolling Stone Kathleen Kennedy was she was flat out asked um what the next Star Wars movie will be oh wow and her answer um that she gave was um no I don't know uh we've got various things we're looking at and various ways in which we can begin or not. As you can imagine, you know, do you go back? Do you go forward? All those questions are being asked. Do we stay in the galaxy? Do we go to another? Oh, wow. The universe is never ending, she laughs. The good news and the bad news, they have endless possibilities. It's liberating, it's exciting, and it creates a lot of pressure and anxiety and as it's well. It's terrifying, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, in that Rolling Stone interview, she did give some definitive statements. So, she said that a director and a film announcement will be made in January of 2020. So, yeah, pretty soon here. After after yeah. December, after yeah, we're going to hit January. Rise yeah. of Skywalker it's crazy we're going to be in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> no, man. That's, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah. It feels not. more into the future than, like, we're in 2019. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely is like 2020, man. Because yeah. what is it? After after Wednesday of this upcoming week, uh, Blade Runner is set in the past. Ugh. <laughs> That's wild. 
Wow. Yeah. We made it, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> and she also she also did say definitively that Ryan Johnson will not be directing this new movie. The whatever comes out first. Right, whatever's gonna come out in twenty twenty two. And she also did state that Kevin Feige's film is years away. Well, yeah, you would yeah. assume so. So do you do you have any picks or oh my gosh, guesses? Man. I honestly I have no idea. I you know we we talked a little bit about Benioff and Weiss before mm-hmm. we started, and I I had always kind of pictured them doing the old Republic stuff. Um, and the report came out that they were going to do like the origins of the Jedi. That right, was going right, to be which the film, like yeah. way old Republic. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that was honestly that was kind of the only prediction that I had in my head, and you know. There's no telling what Johnson's going to do or even if he's going to wind up doing whatever he's going to do. Um, you know he's got a good story somewhere in that brain of his because from everything that I've seen of his has been different. Um, you know, Looper, Knives Out is getting a hell of a lot of mm-hmm. really high praise. I bet James has already seen it. <laughs> is it out already? I think so. <laughs> is it? We should probably know that. <laughs> <laughs> well... I because I saw some like uh, some people on Facebook saying they saw it, but I got a lot of critic friends. So yeah, I was like, I I don't know. If Maybe it's... it comes out Thanksgiving weekend. Maybe it's not out yet. Technically, oh, I guess it is out. <laughs> no, Tuesday. Okay, yeah, because it's for the holiday. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it comes out like this week upcoming, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's getting a lot of really good critic play- praise. Looper's great. Brick is great. That's one of his, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know he's he's got quite the creative brain in there, and you know if he, you give him unlimited room to play in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. I think he's going to tell a story that's insane. Like. But I think a lot of people are going to have the same issue that they had with The Last Jedi. They're going to be like, well, that's not Star Wars. You know what I mean? But it's new, and it's got the Star Wars logo on it. So, you know. Yeah, I think if he does what we all kind of heard he was going to do, where he makes something from scratch, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be more more widely accepted. I agree. Rather than him taking, like, characters we already know and i think that's one of the advantages that the mandalorian has because we don't know anything about any of these characters i mean they just drop in baby yoda and it's like it's yeah it's like whoa this creature this baby was alive before the prequels it's yeah. like what that like stirred up so many like theories and okay well who took care of it uh is it force sensitive and we had all these questions but it never really messed with the with the saga canon. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's a huge benefit for that show. Oh, that show's fantastic. Um, did we talk about Favreau's um, cameo? Uh, I think in spo- well, is it, it a spoiler? It, well, it's in chapter three, but it's like in the beginning, which part is a spoiler. Of chapter three, yeah. We don't have to talk about it. If you know. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a little bit here. Okay. Because I think we have other things to talk about that are kind of spoilerish. But Kathleen Kennedy also, a lot of fans got kind of mad, irritated. Oh, really? For this next thing she said. She told Rolling Stone that making these saga films, episodes 7, 8, and 9, she said that they didn't have any comics or books to oh, reference. No. So, of course, all the EU fans, all the hardcore fans, got slightly enraged with that statement. But she was kind of talking about how, I mean, 
you can look at it at certain kind of points of view the way that statement was was really meant to be interpreted i mean right. it, it, she wasn't i don't think she was directly targeting eu stuff and well, kind of not knowing that that stuff exists <laughs> she was just talking about how the story they wanted to tell they didn't they weren't adapting they weren't like they weren't going to take doing the marvel way of right. adapting source material directly well, or and, slightly indirectly like marvel does honestly i wouldn't have wanted them to do that like looking back on it like a lot of the stuff yeah. with like jaina and jason solo when they're young is terrible. Like right, it's right, not good. Right. There's a lot of stuff in there um, that people do regard as very bad. Yeah, and even even like I've read all of the new Jedi Order books and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. them, but like the Yuzan Vong are weird. Like they're not they're not something that is cinematic or easily translatable mm-hmm. to the to the screen. Like how do you how do you put onto the screen that they don't show up in the force? Like you know what I mean? But when you describe the characters and the way that the 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 force users are perceiving them in the way that the force usually flows around them whenever they're in battle and the the fact that they're not going that's easy to put into a novel but it's hard to translate to a screen i just i am actually really glad they went a different direction as an eu fan i was pissed when they didn't at first because i like jason solo becoming a sith lord from being a Jedi Knight and mm-hmm. working his way up and training Luke Skywalker's son to be a, a Jedi Knight and then him turning to the dark side to be a Sith is fantastic storytelling. But it's also like, let's try something new. Let's try something exciting. I, I'm really glad they went the way they did uh, in hindsight. I think I, I preferred for them to do what they did and just creating a new story. And the, I mean, they kind of had to do what they did with, right. with the EU, creating uh, turning them into legends. Because they can still pull from those books. They can pull the right. best parts, the best characters. Like Thrawn yeah. came back because yeah. he's part of he's part of what saved a lot of Star Wars for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, Mary Jade never made an appearance with Luke Skywalker, as far as we know so far. I'm kind of okay with that. She's a great character. She can still show up somewhere else, but it'd be weird at this point if she was Luke Skywalker's love interest, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that, but I—that's I, just how I feel. I, like, legitimately, I'm glad the mm-hmm. way they went the way that they did, because I think it's better. It's more cinematic. It's more exciting to watch. Yeah, growing up, I knew those books existed, but it really didn't feel to me like they were really being counted with the official canon. Right. So I really never got like very interested in reading them. I was interested. Later on down the line to kind of like find out what was going on with them. But once, of course, Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney, I was like, and then they had made the announcement. All that stuff is just not going to count. I'm like, oh, yes. But then I felt kind of bad for people who who had invested years, years, time, money and fell in love with that stuff. Well, it's funny, like as somebody who read a lot of those novels, mm -hmm. like it always kind of felt to me. Oh, I made a lot of noise. Sorry. Uh, it always kind of felt to me like George Lucas was like, yeah, they're canon, but like, I'm not going to pay attention to these stories at all. It was like, yeah, somebody's writing these books and they're canon. That's fine. Like, they always had George Lucas's blessing, but I don't think he really particularly paid attention to them at all. Yeah. yeah. Personally. So another thing that Kathleen Kennedy said in the interview was that Favreau is going to have a bigger role in the future of Star Wars. Yeah. 
That's so vague, but that's such great news. It's so vague, but it's so exciting at the same time. Yeah, it's like, what could it be? Is he going to do films, maybe? Is he going to be like a Kevin Feige figure? Is he going to make a a holiday special? Yes, he is. He came out and he's... It seems like people are reporting that he has a holiday special locked and loaded. Yeah. And he's just waiting for that green light. That's so funny. And that would be rad. I mean, it would be almost like an inside joke type of thing. Right. If I mean, because I know Daisy really can sing. She could do like the Princess Leia part where she sings at the end. <laughs> they could do they could do a life day still. They could bring in uh, Jonas and have him be, yep. be Chewie, visit his family again. Yeah. I mean, they could have Beyonce as one of the singers. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all right there, man. I mean, do like a like a direct homage, and most people won't even like realize that they're actually right. like kind of almost parroting the the holiday special, and it would just be so rad to do that. But the holiday special is so bad. Yeah. It's so it bad. would be awesome if it was just as bad though. <laughs> just a bunch of like grunts and growls from the Wookiee family and. Yeah, it, it would it would be rad. Grandma I mean, you can you can store it on <laughs> you can just throw it on Disney Plus, and it's yeah. like it's just a thing that's out there. It's like yeah. And my dream is to have them do it, do it, and not announce it, and just have it show up like on right. Christmas Day. And like we just watch the Mandalorian yeah. has an episode nine, and you're like, what is this? <laughs> that would be so awesome. Yeah. But contracts and money, and... yeah, for sure. So another interesting thing I found out was. You know when you go into Disney Plus and you're selecting your profile picture, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people said, "Well, wait a minute, you can't pick Ray as your profile pic," and yeah. people were like, "Well, what's the deal?" Apparently, it's due to the fact that there are um, their faces, like the human face, mm-hmm. is actually a license you have to buy, I guess, from the actor. And Disney doesn't own those Daisy Ridley's face. Ray's license. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing. So if you notice, you can get Vader. Right, right, You get right. BBA, The Mandalorian, Kylo Ren, because yeah. you can't get Kylo unmasked because right. you'd see Adam Driver's face. So apparently that's the reason. Interesting. Because Disney just didn't want to pay for the licensing. Can you do Finn? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe I, think I mean so either. maybe. Well, I mean, it's John Boyega, so maybe he was like, "Yeah, do it. Yeah, whatever. I don't care." <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "Well, now I can never sell anything with my face on it." Yeah, I don't. I don't know about the whole likeness. like legality of of what that all like kind of entails, but that's the reasoning. It's licensing for the human face. Three uh, Ahsoka, cartoon characters. Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah. Hot dog. Yeah, it's Kylo Ren, BB-8, Vader, 3PO, R2, uh, Ahsoka from Rebels, Chewie, who clearly is wearing a mask, so it's, yeah. it doesn't count, Chopper, Ezra, Sabine, Yoda, and a Stormtrooper. Huh. Who knew? Yeah. Interesting. So one of the big topics that I want to talk about here that I don't think a lot of people are really talking about, mm-hmm. but it's a huge thing. Maybe a lot of people are talking about it, and I just haven't been <laughs> kind of... On the right websites or something? Maybe. But it's this thing that Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau went together and approached Disney as like a team, like a powerhouse here. Uh-huh. And this this is kind of what happened. John Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy went into Disney and said, this is something that we would like to try. And they said, what exactly is it? And they said... We're not exactly sure. 
We have no idea what it's going to cost, and we had never built anything with this type of technology, which we're now calling stagecraft. Uh huh. It's inside ILM, but it, it's basically a projection system on screens. And the real innovation is that when you move the camera inside this space, the parallax changes. So suddenly you're in an environment that actually begins to behave in some way it would in an actual 3D environment. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit, I think, when um, right when The Mandalorian came out, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I think that Favreau used this a little bit on, or maybe a lot, on The Jungle Book and I'm The sure Lion King. The Jungle Book, yeah. But it was kind of really not talked about, kind of glossed over. Hmm. So Kathleen Kennedy told a story. This is how impressive this technology is. Uh-huh. She told a story of how a Walt Disney Company executive visited the set and didn't even realize he was in a virtual environment. What? Wait, so, which, which set? It didn't say specifically. She said it was really funny. We had an executive from the Walt Disney Company come down early in the process. And it's one of those things that is difficult to explain until you walk into the environment and see how it's working. Right. He stepped in. He looked around. And he said, John, I thought you weren't going to build anything. (laughs) And he had no idea he was standing in a virtual set. That's how unbelievable it is. What? So this thing has to be like miraculous i mean to go into a set and not realize that it screens and not and then to get mad because you thought that right right i mean yeah. it's it's that's like kind of like a game changer it's for revolutionize tv hollywood it's yeah. like an actual it puts the green screen out of business basically Which that's what it does probably okay <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean actors can actually act to stuff right that they're actually in frame wow with. And it kind of goes back to like Solo when they filmed the Millennium Falcon and they showed the Starfield when they went yeah, into yeah, hyperspace. Yeah, the actors actually it's kind of like that, but it. it's way better because it's actual set. Man. And the actors can actually react to what we're eventually going to be seeing. So they've not allowed people to go in and check it out, people outside of Lucasfilm Disney. Right. So a lot of people that would report on this... So is this a Lucasfilm thing or an ILM thing? Well, ILM is essentially well, Lucasfilm yeah, Disney, yeah. so it's yeah. I mean, okay. it's it's all under the same umbrella, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney gave the approval to build this thing, and the science behind it is is very kind of almost be, science fiction sounding be yeah. because it's they use like special LEDs that take a long time to create and grow. And yeah, it's Grow? yeah. That, that's that's <laughs> what I heard. So we well, we're gonna get details later on, and people are gonna get to walk on and check right. it out. And I know I was always wondering which scene did they show in the Mandalorian. Uh, apparently, it's a lot of scenes, but one of the scenes was actually the rope climbing on top of the sand crawler. Really, that was virtual. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's so it's going to be done with with the yes with the stagecraft technology. technology. That's insane. That's really really cool. Yeah, it's it's the next huge step. Well, and the other thing about like I know we've talked about episode two of the Mandalorian like a lot a lot, mm-hmm. but like that sand crawler was real. Like yeah, there was he was climbing that sand crawler. It like, looked like a practical effect. In, they were incredibly yeah. effective so yeah. if if you're telling me that's they used that technology for that sand crawler like 
Yeah, make every every movie, every TV show from now on with that technology for sure. But apparently, right now, like all technology, when it's first created, it's super expensive. So yeah, I'm sure. But the more the more time that passes, more companies are going to use it. We're gonna we're gonna probably see it all throughout all Star Wars TV. Yeah, the Obi Wan series, and it's shoot, it's exciting. They can shoot the whole thing in the Obi Wan series, right? There. So they shot Mandalorian in L.A. Yeah. It was the first Star Wars production to ever be shot in the Hollywood right, LA right. area, and this was basically the thing that allowed them to do it. That's crazy. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I know yeah, we keep I just, talking about it, but it is it is just so good. It's just like you just shake your head and, and like oh, we're here, guys. Yeah. It, they they did it. I mean we we got the series that we thought we were gonna get. When it was so like it, it's genre bending too because it's yeah. it's Star Wars. Yes, it's undeniably right. Star Wars, but it's also it's the man it's the Man with No Name trilogy. You right. Know? It's uh, samurai movies. Samurai movies. It's John Wick. It's yes. everything. It's the Clone Wars. Like it yeah. just it fits into every category of every movie or TV show that I've really ever yeah. enjoyed. So. Yeah, western, spaghetti western. Yeah, lone wolf and cub. Yep. So. Dave Filoni on the red carpet of the premiere, I believe, he was asked about the possibility of Boba Fett in the series. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, he gave the the natural response that you'd figured he'd give. He said anything is possible. Yeah. And, I mean, he kind of leaves the door open. And, of course, we had that one scene in the Mandalorian Enclave where you up the brightness and you see colors that are similar. yeah. Yeah, everyone was freaking out. Wait a minute, what? But, yeah, and... I do like how in episode one, that guy was in the background, and you could kind of make out the colors, and then yeah. in episode three, that guy's like in the foreground, and you're like, uh, it's definitely not Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, it's not Boba It could be maybe his repurposed armor from the Sarlacc pit. It could be that. I mean, we don't know. Well, that shows up in the, um, it's in one of the books, um, in the Aftermath series. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, Yeah. And I don't think that that guy would count as a foundling, probably, because he's like a full-grown adult. And I did a little bit of research on Boba and Django, Mm -hmm. and a lot of sources were saying that George Lucas wasn't really too keen on them. I don't know if at the beginning or at the end, even though he featured Django in Attack of the Clones. And effectively featured Boba in the same Right, because he was asked after, years after is Django a Mandalorian? He basically said, well, he stole the armor and the armor was of Mandalorian likeness. Right. And they said, what do you mean Mandalorian likeness? Apparently the armor is not Beskar armor. Really? It's actually something, I think it's called like Dura something. Dura Dura steel. Yes. Dura steel. So it's not as strong as Beskar. But it was shaped in the way Mandalorian armor looks. So I wonder if it's like, because I don't think like the pauldrons he had in the first episode or two, or even maybe his chest plate were Beskar mm-hmm. necessarily. So maybe maybe Beskar is like the higher ranking of a Mandalorian yeah. you are, the better your armor gets, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's very interesting, and a lot of people. I mean, it's for the casual fan. They mm-hmm. think the show's about Boba Fett. Yeah. And then they look a little deeper, and they're like, okay, well, if it's not Boba Fett, what was Boba Fett? What was that all right. about? And then that causes them to ask us questions. Yeah. And then we kind of explain it, 
And then they're like, oh, okay, well, but at least we got Baby Yoda. No, it's not. It's probably not Yoda, Most but... likely not Yoda, but yeah, we don't know the species. So it can get a little confusing. Hypothetically, it could be a clone, <laughs> but just because yeah. of the patch that one dude had. Yeah, Dr. Pershing. Yeah. Um, dude, it's so good. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... It's really good. Did you did you lose your mind a little bit when you saw the ice cream maker? Yes. <laughs> well, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not I'm just talking. saying in yeah. general. This isn't a spoiler. Yes, I was like, oh man, that's something I didn't even think of, and yeah. that's so perfect yeah. to bring that back and to be <laughs> for it to be what it was. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was cracking up, man. Yeah. I was like, ah, because <laughs> I'll never forget at celebration. There was just like the running of the Will Row hoods. It yes, was so funny. Yeah, they do that every time. So, another kind of interesting thing that's that's happening outside of the TVs and film is, which might blow your mind right now, Joseph. Okay, and it'll blow James's mind, uh-huh. and he's gonna be like, "Man, I went too soon." But Disney, uh-huh. I'm I'm not lying here. This is real, and I'll show you the picture. Disney is testing out X-Wing drones the size of SUVs for Galaxy's Edge. What? <laughs> what do you mean they're testing out X-Wing drones the size of an SUV? So apparently... like, th- So they could fly an X-Wing over Galaxy's Edge? What? <laughs> so apparently this comes from the Mickey blog. And they're reporting that Disney is testing two X-Wing drones the size of a car to fly over the land during a one-time media event scheduled in December. Holy and they're cow. thinking it's it's for the grand opening of uh, the Rise of the Resistance right, right. ride. So, yeah, here's the picture right here. Whoa. And there's like a guy standing next to it. and it, Yeah, it's, it's a, huge. It's yeah. not the actual size of an X-Wing, it's but it's close. pretty yeah. huge. It's probably, what, a third of the size maybe? Yeah, yeah. But just the safety concerns yeah, are I, kind of like through the roof. Thing. Yeah, they're not going to run it for, yeah. yeah, it, Unless they could 100% ensure the safety of the park goers. Right. Well, and you know, like um, Tinkerbell basically flies over hundreds of people every single day at, at the Disney parks. Yeah, they do the fireworks huh. shows. Huh. And there's guaranteed one lady... Zip lines across across the park every single night. Okay, well, that's like a zip park. line. This is like a free fine X Y Z access thing that can move right, in right, right. space, but, but untethered. I'm just saying, if they're willing to risk people's <laughs> lives already, why not just go all the way? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if it's a hit, if they can oh, ensure, I can't see why it wouldn't be a hit. Yeah, it's for people that. In the media that get to enjoy this, yeah. don't know they're going to be freaking out. Oh yeah, because I know when you go to Galaxy's Edge, you hear the sound of Tie Fighters mm-hmm. and, and other ships yeah. landing and going and flying overhead. So because yeah, if they're going to have X wings. They got to have ties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, it's like peanut butter and jelly. Like you can't not have <laughs> them together. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. So I think now we've gotten to the point in the podcast where we're going to talk about some spoiler stuff. Okay. And I don't know if you want to talk about this, but it looks like we have like one sentence descriptions of chapters four, five, and six for the Mandalorian. Ooh, I personally do not want to talk <laughs> okay, about it. Okay. <laughs> if you want to release something later, you can. Okay. Yeah. We won't talk about that. But I guess we'll talk about 
the Mandalorian in general. Chapter three really is right, what right. I think we were kind of alluding to. Yeah, John Favreau it has a has a we believe a voice only cameo for the heavy gunner Mandalorian. But I mean, if you look at his size, it's roughly a Favreau sized dude. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen anyone say he was actually in the armor. I want him to be in the armor. Yeah, that would though. be rad. Um, but my favorite thing about the the cameo that he has is that is the descendant of the character he played in Clone Wars. Yes. It's Vizsla's probably like son or grandson, I guess. Or even like a cousin. But, right, right. But because uh, it was pre-Vizsla in the Clone Wars, I believe. Right. And this one is pos-Vizsla. Yeah. Um, which is just like, that is amazing yeah and it's such a felony and favreau like yeah. them working together yeah. again yeah. was just like yes you know you have to have that connectivity and and so that gives me even more hope that rebels is going to get tied in i mean i'm sure it will at some point but mm-hmm. god it's so good uh yeah and then to see all the Mandalorians in their jetpack show up, yes. it looked like it was pulled straight from Clone Wars. Yes, straight from Rebels. You yeah, know, and I, that's where I was really feeling that that Filoni. Like I got goosebumps. <laughs> um, but that's where I was really feeling that Filoni influence was was yeah. the way that story was told. Was yeah, here comes the cavalry saving the day and all that kind of good stuff. I it was so good. Yeah, it, it was remarkable. Yeah, and then for the client. I guess uh, Werner Herzog to pull up the ice cream machine and and then push the buttons, crack it open, and it's like really a safe. Yeah. So it's like, what was Wilrow Hood stealing from (laughs) Cloud City? Or or he had a safe with stuff in it. Or did he know, like, did his also have Beskar in it too? (laughs) Because, you know, the way uh, Griff, right? That's the guy's name that, um, the bounty guy. Oh my God. None of his real names are coming into my head. The guy from Rocky. Oh, uh, Grief Karga. Grief, yeah. yeah. The way he was reacting is like, you can use Beskar as currency. Like, yeah. Like, you you can hear his raw and adulterated, but oh, yeah. Beskar Definitely. can be a, the best spaceship you have, basically. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe, maybe it was a thing full of Beskar. Like, I mean, we still will never know, but yeah. it's good to know that that is a safe and you can contain <laughs> lots and lots and lots of really important materials so how many ice cream machines do you think we're gonna see at celebration (laughs) so how many mandalorians do you think we're gonna gonna see i think and how many baby yodas are gonna be attached to those suits um but i think every comic-con from now until eternity eternity is gonna be just overrun with mandalorians and overrun with baby yodas just yeah comic-cons just in general are screwed (laughs) yeah and that chapter three, it's, it's getting the most praise, the most critical acclaim, I think. And it was directed by the first female director in Star Wars yeah. history. It only took Star Wars 42 years to have that done. But yeah. it's done. <laughs> it's there. And she's got chops. Yeah. I mean, she can direct. And she's going to direct the future Obi-Wan TV show. She's the only director, too, that they've announced so far, right? Like she's, yeah. She's yeah. The, the yeah, she's going to... She's the soul behind right, it, right? right. She's going to knock it out of the park, I think. And the story goes is Kathleen Kennedy was watching dailies. Mm-hmm. And she was specifically watching the uh, blaster fight where the Mandalorian goes back and right. he encounters all the stormtroopers and yeah, yeah. like eliminates them in different ways. Batman style. Right. Essentially, ba- yeah. <laughs> I think Batman style. Said. So Kathleen Kennedy was like, who did this? And they said it was Deborah Chow. She directed it. Yeah. 
And then that's when she kind she of... was like, here's a series. Yeah, yeah, it was like, wow, she really needs to do more, and we need to keep her. Well, and, but she also really nailed, like, a lot of the emotional scenes, too. You know, yeah. when he hands the baby over, and he's like, I don't know if this is the right decision to have made. And, and, right. Because I felt that in my gut. When he handed that kid over, I was just like... You know, I was there with him. I was like, that was not the right call, but... Yeah, it's it such an... Yeah. It was to just To not powerful. see his face, yeah. it's so incredible that you can actually... Empathize. sense and know yeah. what he's thinking at the time when he got the knob when he, when he reached for the lever the and knob he, was and missing he and he paused and you could tell he was thinking about baby yoda and he was like forget it and he just turns everything oh so good yeah um so you know action she's got emotional stuff she's got and that's really all you need out of an obi-wan series right you've got to figure out how to get emotional and I have I have been kind of thinking about Obi Wan and kind of worrying about okay what how how's it gonna go what's it gonna do but with Deborah Chow seeing this episode good. it's like I'm less worried a yeah. whole lot less worried now because like the Obi Wan idea that's been something that's been like brewing into my mind for so right. long now we just need to make sure it's written well yes you know the right they do have the writer's name um, but I I don't remember exactly okay. it's not a known writer it's I think it's actually a young person who's doing it, but um, yeah, it's it's down the line. But sometimes my mind just kind of goes to, yeah. to thinking about Obi Wan, seeing yeah, those yeah, yeah. images and seeing those sequences. It's like Obi Wan's on the way too. It's yeah. like, oh. but who knows when we're gonna get Obi Wan? Twenty twenty two probably. Um, they start shooting in July, I believe of 2020 so maybe early yeah. 2021 so yeah we'll get celebration stuff with obi-wan and hopefully Sick. ewan mcgregor's actually there yeah and it's in anaheim and they're probably gonna shoot in la yeah so it, it, there's no reason for them not to show up yeah um th- but the other thing about the mandalorian that's crazy to me is the amount of characters that have not shown up yet yes that we are that had buzzed, had anticipation, and they just aren't there yet. Yeah. Like Gina Carano's character still hasn't shown up. Bill Burr's character still hasn't shown up. The that winking Twilight, <laughs> yeah, still not there. Like all, you know, the guy from the Empire, um, yeah, Gus, uh, Gus. <laughs> Grand Admiral Gus, Moff Gideon, I think is yeah, I think is. that's right. Yeah. Um, still, still the Death no, Troopers, still no appearances. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I want to know where he's taking that baby. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, the beauty of the show right now is that no one knows where it's quite going. Mm-hmm. We all kind of assume that now the Mandalorian is being hunted. Yeah. And he, there's going to be fobs passed out for yeah. him. Or But then like, again, I mean, they all have the Baby Yoda fobs. Yeah, so, it's so like, they don't even really need them. Yeah. But yeah. that makes that fob even more expensive yeah. now. And that was such a rad scene, how all the fobs were going off simultaneously yeah. <laughs> as he was getting closer and closer with the baby. Had, like, that definitely felt like John Wick 2 at the end where he's like running. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He, all the people start getting text messages. Yeah. Um, so good, man. Yeah. Who's the director for the next one? Do you know? I believe it's going to be Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay. I'm excited about that one. So, cause... yeah. Deborah Chow has another one. And I think Rick Famuyiwa has another one. And then Dave Filoni, I think, will have one pretty soon coming up. Tychus hasn't come out yet, has it? I don't think so. No, no. Okay. Because it's been Filoni, Famuyiwa, and then Deborah Chow. So the next one should be Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. And if you saw the 
the Mandalorian premiere on stage at El Capitan, um, Gina Carano talks about working with Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay. So maybe we'll get Cara Dune in the next episode. I hope so, man. So. Because I'm, I'm really excited to see how that character works, yeah. you know. Um, and see, I was kind of expecting her to be in that area where Grief Karga is. Yeah, me too. But she's got the Rebel Alliance gonna, so tattoo. It makes me think that maybe he's going to go to... Different planet, different setting, maybe more neutral. Find a new Republic outpost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, and that would bring the Empire directly into conflict with the New Republic. Mm. I'm excited. Either way, yeah. Um, yeah. you know what's funny is we haven't talked about uh, Jedi Fallen Order at all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> have you been? Did you, did you buy it? I got a day one. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have a chance to buy it or play it, but there's, I can see all the overwhelming, like, just satisfaction enjoyment with the game and i saw a poll someone did uh-huh. which is the best ea star wars game and it's like fallen orders like 98 or something uh-huh. and then battlefront 2 like is like 1.5 1. 1. and then <laughs> battle battlefront 1's like 0. 0.6 and then oh, they had like man. other <laughs> so i actually i i'm i think i'm almost done with it uh-huh. um i don't want to spoil anything because you haven't even touched it yet right yeah, I think it's okay though. I mean, I'll probably eventually. Uh, so where play I am it. now, I've I've gotten my own lightsaber. So spoilers for you get it. It's all in order. Crap, I should have said that first. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I'm way deep into the game. Like I figured out what happened to his master and all sorts of stuff already. Okay. Which isn't really spoilery because it's something that he like even in the. So I heard his first, master's really cool. His master is really cool. His master is um, the same species as Zeb from Star Wars Rebels. Whoa. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So that's cool. I was not expecting that at all. He, and that's like the original Han Solo design, right? No, that's the original Chewbacca. Oh, Chewbacca, design. okay. Um the Ralph McQuarrie Chewbacca, yeah. 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 Um wow. and he's voiced by uh, a guy named Travis Willingham who I I actually I he plays Thor in a lot of the cartoons. Uh, um and the new Avengers video game that's going to come out, he plays Thor in that as oh, well. Okay. Um and he's on uh the critical role show he plays D for a living basically oh, wow. so um so living I'm, the dream <laughs> yeah so i'm actually really familiar with him so when i heard his voice i was like no way and i imd beat it real quick and i was like hell yeah that's awesome i know yeah. i know his master um <laughs> so i was really excited to see that it was him um but yeah it's the story to the game is incredible and i think you can see the whole story on youtube right i'm sure you can yeah, yeah. um i will say i am not in love with the controls um like at all <laughs> yeah i heard it, i heard it's really hard to it play it's not very intuitive um i i'm on a boss battle where i am right now he's got to be one of the last bosses in the game mm. i fought him for i kid you not an hour and a half the other day <laughs> just dying and respawning and dying and respawning and yeah. the respawn system is terrible also. yeah yeah i heard that too um well it's good that they make it tough you know i mean yeah you don't want it to be too easy yeah um it's terrible, um, <laughs> but I fought him for an hour and a half, and I did not beat him. It was like wow. one o'clock in the morning. I was like, I have got to go to bed. <laughs> so, um, but the story is really, really, really good. Like, yeah. it's worth the controls being kind of wonk. Um, so I heard that the game was designed for a console. It wasn't designed for keyboard and mouse. Well, I'm playing it on a console. I have a PS4, okay. and I still hate it. So, <laughs> um, it really the controls don't get better until you get the force pull, mm-hmm. um, and that's like a good 
two thirds of the game done if you go through and try to explore everything. Yeah. Um, once you get force push and force pull, for me the game went from like uh the gameplay went from like a four to like a six or a seven. Um, the storyline has been about an eight to a nine the whole time though. Um, the story is fantastic. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't started playing that yet. It's really, really good. I think at some point Colin's going to come out with a review on it. Right. Um, but yeah, according to the, his last podcast, I think I'm actually farther than Colin was at that time. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it's great. It's really fun. Calcastus is like a pretty cool character who yeah. I was, I was really worried about the main character being really annoying and BD one BD one is gotta be a top contender for favorite droids at this point. Oh yeah. yeah I've love, heard people say that too. I love BD one. Yeah. It's like BD1, R2, BB8, and uh, K2, and Chopper. That's yeah. that's like my holy quintilogy of, <laughs> of droids. Yeah. And 3PO is pretty good, I guess. We'll see. I may fall in love with 3PO in yeah. Rise The Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker yeah. Because yep. he still has the line from the trailer for me. That's, yeah. That line, every time I hear it, I'm like, why? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. I mean, I I did the other night. I did a Instagram live where I did like a watch along where I played Chapter Three, uh-huh. and I told everyone spoilers. Literally. I'm watching it. <laughs> I'm gonna probably comment on it, and yeah. I did that, and I think about 14 people joined. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's an incredible time that we're in right now, and there's so much goodwill oh, for yeah. Star Wars, and hopefully it continues with the Rise of Skywalker, which is gonna hit pretty soon. It looks great. And I think there's one episode that I, th- I guess it's the season finale that comes out mm-hmm. the week after <laughs> episode nine hits. So yeah. we'll still have. Well, I think we'll ha- I think it'll be December 31st that it hits, or not the 31st, the 27th. 27th. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So right before the year ends out, we'll have the last show and. It's awesome to have a Star Wars TV show and have it weekly. Yeah. And and to have literally everyone excited for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's wonderful. It's almost like we're kind of back to pre The Force Awakens. Yeah. Kind of just it, it love. It is that air in the world again. Yeah. Like, I've gotten a lot more people talking to me about Star Wars than oh, yeah. I think I have in like the last six months. So it feels wow. really good. Yeah. 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 Seems like we're kind of back to that state. Yeah. And. Like I said, hopefully it continues. Yeah, for sure. So, I think that probably wraps us up for the day. Yeah. yeah? All yeah, right. I think so. So, yeah, we're everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us. Uh, Star Wars Stuff Podcast. And it's SWS. SWS. 187, I think. On yeah. Twitter. Yeah. SWS Pod 2187 yeah, on Twitter. Is. And then, of course, on Instagram, you can easily just type in our, our name. And we'll be there. And we have a Facebook group. We have a page. And we're also on Patreon. You can yep. find us there. We do commentaries for The Mandalorian. I know you want to hear those. And um, yeah, may the force be with you. Always. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs>